0: love talks radio we're gonna sing about the faithfulness of god are you ready to sing with us we're gonna sing about his faithfulness it's such a faithful god i've seen him show up for me in unique ways you know that's
1: why i i'm quite reckless when i worship i thought do anyhow hour, anywhere beloved somebody anywhere beloved
2: Are you ready to worship God with me like that? That is the kind of worship I want. To put your hands somewhere in
3: Thank you, Jehoshua. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We serve a wonderful God, merciful God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, shalom, shalom, our brother and our sister in Christ. Blessing to each and one of you. This is our brother, LV, brother in Christ. Hallelujah. By the grace of the Lord, we are able to share his word. Thank you, Lord. We hope that everyone can hear us fine. Thank you, Jesus. We like to always check just for, make sure. Thank you, Lord. Just because uh, the airs are so full of traffic going on all the time, especially in New York, and this goes through New York to the world. Thank you, Jesus. So praise you, God. Praise you, Yeshua. Praise you, Jehoshua. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, sister. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Hope it's all sound good. I'm here with my brother, Tony. Hallelujah. Serrano, thank you, Lord. Brother Tony, say hello. Hello. Hello, amen. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know how many of you saw the video on YouTube, short video I was able to make this week. They're allowing me to make video now on YouTube, so that's... That's a good news. I can keep people out today when I get the revelation from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Just just uh, hallelujah. Keep everyone out today. Hallelujah. Before the sounding of the shofar trumpet of God. Hallelujah. And we disappear soon. That is what we desire. That's what we want. We want to be changed. We want to be transformed. We want to be going home with the Lord soon, and we know that's very, very close. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to begin tonight talking about uh, Daniel 12. That's the revelation I received this week, although I received another one last night, which I'm going to share tonight. But I tell you something. Thank you, Lord. Shalom, Harvey. Amen. Early. Sorry. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. After the September 21st when the UN and all the nations signed the seven year peace agreement international peace they call it it was scheduled for the 21st of September a few days ago that night the Lord God Almighty after my prayer with him went to bed went to sleep and um, he took me into the cloud of heaven my brother insisted and this is what he showed me I'm going to read it uh, from the living Bible, Daniel 12, at that time, Michael, that time is end time, mighty angelic prince who stand guard over your nation, will stand up and fight for you in heaven against satanic forces, and there will be a time of anguish for the Jew greater than any previous suffering in the Jewish history, and yet every one of your people whose name is written in the book will endure Amen. So God said they will endure. Amen. But the name needs to be in the book. This is important that our name are written in the book of life. Jesus said this, my brother and sister. Amen. Even when when people were celebrating, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, reminded them that their name, hallelujah, um be written in the book. Hallelujah. It's important that we want the same. We we were seeking the same. Hallelujah. That that um one one is Philippians four three. I treat that I also entreat thee also through ye fellow, help those women who labor with me in the gospel, claiming also with my other fellow labor, whose name is in the book of life. Amen. And then Revelation three five, he that overcomes shall shall be clothed in white raiment and will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angel. Amen. Our name being in the book of life is, is very important. Amen. And these Jewish people name being in the book of life is very important. So the Lord takes me into the cloud. I see the archangel Michael. He was coming down from heaven finally. Uh, brother G.G. Albert talked about this so many times uh, where he saw a revelation of Michael in heaven in and in a revelation of the Lord uh, walking to and fro, back and forward, as we say, a, a, and decided to come down because he's coming down to protect God's people, but he's, go, he's the one that God's going to use to stop the devil, my brother and sister. And so I see Michael coming down. I saw his feet. He was standing. Some of the Bible said, Michael stand there for your people. Uh, my brother and Let me see which one of them. But one of them says that Michael stand, uh, stand there for thy people. Uh, okay, at that time, Michael should stand up. Because I saw him standing up in this revelation of the Lord. If for some reason it's important that I explain it this way. So Michael was standing. And he was coming down in the power of God down to the earth. And I knew, after I seen him, as the Lord was showing him to me, my brother and sister, he was coming down after the signing of this international peace, seven-year peace treaty, which you we all wonder, we all wonder, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to stop in the revelation for a second. We were all wondering whether this signing of the peace was a because it's international peace. And we know that from uh, Thessalonians, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, okay, which I got to read. I got to read. It's important that everything we, we, we speak about, we read. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord, because the word of God is the word of the living God that must be confirmed. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 3, for when they are saying... Peace and safety, and this is what the U.N. stand for, peace and safety. You can, you can look up their logo, okay? And this is what they're saying. This is what this international peace was. It was about peace and safety, okay? And you can go to the U.N. website and see: peace and safety is what they stand for, Shalom, Bill Joseph. So when they're saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction should come upon them as a travail upon a woman with a child and they shall not escape. Some people believe a uh, Yellowstone volcano awakening suddenly. Mighty earthquake, mighty tsunami happening suddenly. We're waiting for some type of judgment. I seen it. God showed it to me. I seen God one time in a mountain a few weeks ago showing me this judgment. I wonder what the mountain stand for and wonder what he was trying to point me out to. But we're going to find out soon. Okay. Um, I know the mountains stand for strength. So it might be that this earthquake coming up is so strong that it's going to shake in this nation. But not just this nation. Other nations will feel the same. What do you think, Brother Tony?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, uh I know he's not happy with this nation, you know, uh, after all that they're doing, that they've done. He's been... You know, speaking a lot about this country, you know, Um, but uh, yeah, I know other nations will be affected too, you know, and and all of them, but uh, this one especially, you know, especially just what happened, you know, the signing of the peace treaty, you know, it was, uh, you know, the U.S., you know, doing this, and and all that, you know, uh, Hmm. that's definitely, you know, I can tell, you know, judgment on this nation. Because
3: of Amen. that peace treaty, you know. Um, but, Amen. A raise your trumpet a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh yeah, I know I know a judgment's coming, you know, it, it's very soon and and uh yeah, we're gonna have to do more in our part, you know. Um more prayer and uh, you know, because it's it's just not good what's coming to this country, you know it's definitely not good um, you know or, you know especially now you know after that signing of mm-hmm. the peace treaty and all that you know it's literally this nation did it you know it's pretty much the U.S. I know other nations are involved but um, you know Biden, allow, uh, Biden allowing this to happen you know it's definitely you know the Bible's clear on that you know it's clear on whenever they do that to Israel you know they there's punishment to those that come against Israel. You know, there always has been. Amen. History,
3: yeah. Yes, Shalom, yes. To Sister Renee. And where? Let me show you where in the Bible is it talks about uh, separating the land. Okay, and it's in Joel chapter three, two. God said, "There, I will also gather the nations, which bring them, and bring them down, bring them down to the valley of Joseph." And plead with them, there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nation. Okay? It's all about Israel this time, end time, God claiming. Okay? Look what I said last. And parted my land, divided my land. Mm-hmm. Okay? Here's what, it's Joel 3.2. This is what they parted God's land. They divided God's land. Okay, God said this through the prophet Joe, my brother and sister. That they will do this. This is what the UN signed this past Thursday, okay, and, and says. And my brother and sister, the consequence of this, I'm going to show you in the Bible, the consequence of parting God's land. I'm going to show you what God will do to them. God said he will part their land now. Okay? God said he will part Babylon land. Okay? For so parting his land, he will part their land. But not in two pieces said, doing it. God is going to part Babylon land in three pieces, my brothers and sisters. So that's Father, Holy Spirit, and the Lord very angry. Very angry. In three pieces, he's going to divide them, their land. That's what's coming. Any day now. Any day now. Okay. My brother and my sister. Okay. Shalom, sister Luna. So, thank you, Lord. The word of God is so clear. Okay. Sakurah 14. I'll read that one later, but I got to keep reading here. Sakurah 14. And behold, the day of the Lord coming. Thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. Okay. This is when the, com- the coming of the Lord, they're going to take uh, what is belonged to God's people, okay, and divide it in the midst of the Zechariah says, okay? And then the significant mark, Mark 325, and, and if a house is divided against itself, Jesus said, the house cannot stand, okay? So why are they dividing Israel, okay? Why? Why? Um, Thank you, sister. Why are they dividing Israel? So Israel cannot stand as a nation. This is the reason why they have divided this. Why have the UN come together and do this? Okay? I also have an audio, which I will play later, that a brother will tell you that before Israel came a nation in 1948, when the UN came together in 1945, they came, okay, with the purpose of dividing Israel. They already had an agenda in 1947, before Israel became a nation in 1948, with the agenda of dividing Israel. Okay? You're going to hear that, brother, my brother and sisters, talking about this later on. Thank you, Lord. So, and then the Lord uses the devil as an example in Mark 3.26. If Satan rises up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but have an end. Okay? He cannot stand. He cannot be. No, no kingdom, no throne, no house, that, that is divided, can stand. So, dividing Israel, is bringing an end to Israel, is what the Antichrist is playing. That's why God said, to the prophet Daniel, that he was saying, Michael, by great prince Michael, God said, uh, that's why Michael the Mighty Prince shall so stand guard over your nation. Look specifically, God said that Michael was co- it was coming to stand guard over the nation of Israel. My brothers and sister, why? Because God knows the light of the UN. God knows the light of the nation. That even they are convincing Benjamin Netanyahu that this is good. What they sign, they have not convinced God. God knows it's a lie. God knows they're deceiving. And this is why God tells his people to only trust him. Because the devil behind all this is lying, is deceiving. What did the devil say to Eve in the garden? When he told the devil that he should not eat from the fruit, the devil said, not so, to eat from it, try to make God a liar. Because that's what the devil does. He blasphemed the name of God. He blasphemed the church. He blasphemed the saints. He's blaspheming through this signing of this seven-year peace treaty. These are God's people. The Jewish people are God's people. This is his nation. This is his city. Jerusalem is the city of the great king, the Bible says. That's his city. No one should touch it. No one should even say anything against them. Look at what happened to the president of Venezuela when he cursed the Jewish people, how he got a cancer and died of it, my brother and sister. No one can curse the Jewish people and get away with it. No one can mock God and get away with it. I'm telling you, these are God's people, my brother and sister. So at that time, Michael, the angelic prince who standing in the God of your nation, will stand up and fight for you in heaven against satanic forces. Okay, this is from the Living Bible. And there will be a time of anguish for the Jewish greater than any previous suffering in the Jewish history, even in Egypt when they were enslaved for 450 years. The great tribulation will be greater suffering. And yet every one of your people whose name is written in the book will, will endure, which are those 144,000, 12,000 out of every tribe of the children of Israel. They will endure. They will persevere. They, someone had a dream recently about the, the 144,000 and said that the person saw so they had like a, um, remember the Roman soldier when they used to wear those armor, metal armor, protection armor from darts and, and knife and all that? Yeah. It would protect them. So someone saw the Jewish people with a stronger protection against the enemy. During the great tribulation, in these words, the 144,000, not the bride. The bride is special, okay? The bride has a separated meal at the table of the Lord. So the bride is special. Not brother the bride is going home like an eagle wings. The bride is adopted Jesus. The thing that no one from the ark sent to find land, that's the bride of Christ. My really brother insisted, representing the Holy Spirit, representing the bride. She's the one that brings the olive. She's the one that the, the olive branch to back to Noah. She's the one that brings the fruit back to God. She's the one that bear fruit. My really brother insisted, the bride of Christ. That's why the Lord said, come and hide into thy chamber, until the Indian nation passes. To Isaiah." that's the bride. The bride is completely different then those staying behind. in Israel and the hundred and forty four thousand. This is, the bride has a separated bowl of soup in heaven. Supper of the lamb. With Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. This is this is what's been so hard for people for years to understand. They want the bride to stay behind. That's impossible. I tell you that right now. It is impossible to stay behind. And why do I say it's impossible? Okay? The pre-tribulation rapture, it is impossible not to happen. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass, but not my word. Okay? There will be no more heaven and earth. It's a bright end of staying behind. I tell you that right now. Because it's the promise of the word of God. And what God cannot lie. That God is not a man that he will lie. But the son of man that he will repent. It's like saying, Noah. you the apes. Stay with all demonic people behind, and even if the flock comes, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. That did not happen. God has prepared an ark for knowing his family yeah. in which they will be safe. It's like telling Lot and his wife and his daughter, stay in Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't worry about the fire. It's not going to do anything to you. You're protected. That's a lie from the enemy. God sends the angels to get lost out of Sodom and Gomorrah. God got Noah Noah into the ark and closed the door himself. The Bible tells us so. God closed the door himself. I mean, God was there in person. He closed the door with his own hand. My brother and sister, Messiah was standing there. He closed the door with his hand. He shut them in. He protected Noah. He protected the eighth, significant of eternity. My is it's just a plan for eternity for his elected one. Thank you, Lord. So it's impossible for the bright to stay behind the great tribulation. Impossible. Just as the Lord says to one, it is impossible for a demon to live in heaven. It is impossible for a demon to come to heaven. He cannot live in the presence of God and show, God showed this person, grab a demon and put it there. And the demon was being consumed by God, screaming to the top of his lungs, get me out of here. It's impossible for a demon to go to heaven. It is impossible for the bride to go to the great revelation. God is against biblical foundation. My brother insisted. For anyone to believe that, it's calling God a liar, first of all. Calling God a liar, my brother and sister. Paul says, Paul gets his teaching out of Matthew. And out of Matthew comes, my brother and sister. Let me tell you what comes out of Matthew. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Let's go there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How did Paul get his teaching out of Matthew? He gets his teaching out of Matthew 25, my brother and sister. What happens in Matthew 25? Hallelujah. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 10 that while they went to buy, this is when they went to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. My brother insisted. The bridegroom came in person. Jesus, the rapture, the pre-rapture is so important to God that Jesus himself is coming in person to take care of business. This is not a story. This is not like, oh, you know, a dream where you get taken to heaven and you know, you don't know if you're awake like post there. I don't know if in the body or outside the body. You don't know. We cannot even tell. But this is Jesus coming in person for the rational departure of the bride of Christ. He's taking care of business himself. This is not a story. This is the true fact of the Son of God taking care of business. My brother and sisters. He himself is coming. Hallelujah. Marble insisted. And when they went into him the marriage, the door was shut. Hallelujah. But in the midnight there was a cry, behold the bridegroom coming. Ye go out to meet him. He came in person. He came himself. He didn't say no angel, case you're wondering. He came. Himself, this is God himself coming to take care of business in person, where the bride will meet him and see him. I'm sorry for the rest of the world if they don't get to see the Lord. I'm sorry for the rest of the world if they don't get to see the Lord. But the whining had gone out for people to repent, turn their life to God. My brothers and sisters, But this is why when Paul, my brothers and sisters, talked to the Thessalonians, Hallelujah. Thessalonians 4, what does, what does Paul say? Just a reminder. Hallelujah. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a, with a shout. This is not an angel. My brother and sister, this is the Lord himself taking care of business with the bride. So what story? What story? The pre righteous is a story many things. How is it going to be a story when the Lord himself is coming now? Jesus himself will be here. Remember when I got a revelation of this? Jesus was here in the days to come. I saw him. And he was dressed, ready for the wedding. And there he was. And he began to call each and one of us by our name. And he, as he was calling us, we were being changed in change in him. in a glorified body. But I saw Jesus standing in front of me, beautiful Lord, beautiful God, my brother, taking care of business, as he promised. After the three days of darkness, we'll see the Lord. They are standing right before him, and to call us by name. Like the disciples saw him after the three days of resurrection, Mary and them went to the tomb, my brother and sister. And what did they see in the tomb? They saw the promise of God. My brother and sister, that's what they saw. Hallelujah. They saw Jesus, because Jesus is the promise of God to each and one of us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Of course they will have to see him. They have to see him, because God made us made a promise. And the promise of God to us is his son, the Lord, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. What do you say to this, Brother me? Yeah, it is.
1: Years ago, right here, just the, the promise, you know, God has given us. Um, it's all about His Son. and uh, you, know, you know, that promise of, of Him returning, that was the promise of God, you know, the promise of Father. That the Lord said, you know, but that was every word that Jesus said came from the Father, so... You know, we're looking unto the Lord that just as the Bible says, uh, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven, you know, that's him, you know, um, on that day, the rapture, that's the Lord himself is gonna, you know, take his own, take his people, you know, and, and, uh, that's a, that's a great privilege. You're right. You know, the rap us, you know, but the bride has a, has a special privilege. You know, this is amazing. You know, what God is doing, you know, that's why he's preparing us now because. You know, um, he, where you know, he wants us to be there. You know where he is, and that you know he has promised us. Uh, you know, uh, just as the Bible says, you know, the wedding supper of the Lamb. That's where we're heading, and we have to, we have to persevere. You know, well, he's preparing us now because, you know, that's his promise for us to be there. You know where he is, and uh, uh, so. Yeah, uh, we're looking unto the lord you know or the promise of god we're looking unto jesus you know the hope of the hope you know that we have hope of glory you know that's christ in us and uh and something i love is that the more hope he puts in us the more he's he's uh he's purifying us so yeah he is he is the promise of the father to us for sure
3: amen yeah and that's why i'm looking for this is i know i read this before in john 20 First, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And then the way he, he showed himself, uh, there were together Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael, and Cain of Galilee, the son of Savadhi, Savadhi. Two other disciples, Simon Peter said unto them, I'm going fishing. They said unto him, we're also going with thee. And they went forth and entered into the boat immediately, denying the the nine that they caught nothing. And when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And the day is coming when the world will not know that it's the Lord, but the bride of Christ will know. My brother insisted. But if we are asleep, we're not going to know. Besides, the Lord says, for I'm not to be sleeping. Okay? How did he look? His counseling was like lightning yeah okay? and his raiment are snow. <laughs> can you imagine the Lord? Can you in your own imagination, can you imagine the Lord? His countenance was like lightning. and his raiment was like snow. He didn't look like exactly at this moment like the one who was crucified. Mm-hmm. because Jesus is God. Yeah. Almighty. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So, verse 5. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, no. I guess they were not willing to share the food with an angel. Because at this moment, he looked like an angel to them. Yeah. But it was because they had nothing. Okay? Uh, that's what it was. They had nothing. He said unto them, cast them in the, on the right side of the boat, never on the left, always on the right. And you shall find they cast their fall. they cast their for, and now they were not able to draw out the multitude of fish. Okay? Now, the two things here, faith and obedience. First came obedience, and they had to believe that God would do this. And it was by the order of God, and it came to pass, my brothers and sisters. Going back to Michael, Michael was ascending with great power from heaven, and as, he was, as I was looking at him in this revelation, I, 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 it was like he was about me here, they say in America, in the middle of the world, but then he headed straight to Israel. I knew he was heading straight to Israel, my brother and sister. Why? Because he is the one chosen to protect the Jewish people. And another thing is the Lord wanted me to see that this signing they did on Thursday night, this past Thursday, it is the seven-year signing in peace that the Bible talks about. That's what the Lord wanted me to see. That's why the Lord is showing himself to the disciple. Why is he showing himself this way as an angel? Because when Jesus was on the earth, they didn't see him as an angel. They saw him like a man. He was like a prophet. A lot of the, a lot of the Middle East people will tell you a prophet. They saw a rabbi, a prophet. They never saw him the way they're seeing him now, my brother and sisters. His countenance is as the countenance of an angel. And it's important that they see the Lord this way because it fulfills the, the word of God, that he's God Almighty and that he's in control and that he is more than what we can understand. That we keep thinking with a little bit with a limited mind, a little a limited thinking. We keep thinking this way about God, and God is so big that he cannot fit in our own imagination. God cannot fit in your imagination. I don't know how big can you think, but God is too big for your imagination. You cannot even come close thinking how big God is, because if you look at this universe. And you think that this universe is bigger than God, God is bigger than this universe. I saw that in heaven about Jesus. He was bigger than all creation. So how can He set in our mind? It's impossible. You cannot imagine how big a Je- how big Jesus is. You cannot imagine how powerful He is, neither, because he's almighty. What do you understand when He says He's almighty? Because your imagination is too little for you to fit in your imagination. God is too big. When you learn about God in heaven, you will open your mouth and you have a hard time closing it. He's too big. My brother and sisters, He's coming himself in the day of the rapture. Himself. As he came to Moses and the children of Israel. He says to Moses, I have come to deliver the children of Israel when he came down. He came down to take care of his own business, God business, my brother and sister. And this is what's shocking to people. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Praise you, Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. So when he said, do you have any meat? or no, they have nothing. Castle next to the right. And therefore, the disciple who loved Jesus said unto Peter, is this the Lord? John, our brother John, cannot recognize Jesus. I'm telling you, he's too big for your eyes. He's too big for your imagination. He is too big for your eyes. <coughs> you cannot imagine how he is. Because he's a wonderful counselor. He's more beautiful than the lily of the valley. Cannot imagine him. He's more beautiful than 10,000. Cannot imagine him. When people say, describe the Lord to me, hallelujah. That's impossible. I don't try to do that. It is impossible. I see him as the angel of the Lord, mighty angel. How am I going to describe to you God when no one can? My brothers and sisters the, they' the disciple who hallelujah whom Jesus loves said unto him "It is." said unto Peter, it is the Lord looks like he, he's guessing it or not and he was so close to Jesus for three and a half years he was the closer one to Jesus John and now he's wondering whether this, this lightning person this bright person is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his f- fish and go unto him, for he was naked and cast himself into the sea. Hallelujah. He didn't want to offend the Lord with his nakedness, huh? Thank you, Lord. The other disciples came to the little boat. They, they were not far off from the land. At the word, 200 cubits drawn in the nest with fish. As soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire up cold there, fish laid there on, and bread. Wait a minute. They're bringing a lot of fish caught already, and when they come there, it's already fish there. Whatever you think you can give to God, God already has. I'm sorry. They're, they're bringing fish to cook, and, you know, and, and the Lord already has fish and bread for them ready. What can we give to God? What can we give to the Almighty, the owner of everything? My and sisters. He's just asking us to be obedient. As soon as they had come to the land, they saw fire, coal there, fire laid there, and bread. It was all nice and lit there. It was all ready to eat. It's not like sat down cooking for you. It was already ready for you. Heaven is ready for you. Your mansion is already ready. Everything you will ever need is already ready for you. What are you thinking? What is in your imagination? What is it? It's already ready. Stop thinking. Believe only. Hallelujah. Meditate on him, but don't question his will for you. Jesus said unto them, Bring up the fish which ye have cut, now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the necks to the land, full of great fishes, hundreds of fifty and three, though there were so many fish yet the net was not broken. Jesus said unto them, He always did a miracle on the neck, it did not break neither. Come and dine. Now of the disciples there to ask, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. My brother and sister. He told them to bring the fish, but he already had the fish cooked for them. Hallelujah. Amen. Just believe and ask, and he will give it to you. That's it. He has it ready for you. Your mansion is ready for everything you need. Everything you need. It's all ready. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them, fish like He gave it. He served them Again, one last time, he came to serve, and there he fulfilled it again. He served them fish and bread again, my brother and sister. And now the first time that Jesus has shown himself to his disciples after he was risen from the dead, three times, three, remember that three is so significant, three days in the belly of the earth, as Jonah was three days in the belly of the earth. Three, my brothers and sisters, very significant. For three days, for three nights, there will be darkness upon the earth. Very significant. My brothers and sisters, thank you, Lord. So that when they have died, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? He said unto him, yet, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, feed my lambs. Hallelujah lambs and sheep are totally different they say that lambs are obedient and sheep are disobedient my brother and sister so he gave them lamb to be a pastor of the second time simon son of jonah that thou love with me he said him, yes lord i know that thou know that i love thee." he said unto him feed my sheep hallelujah So in his congregation, Peter will have lamb and will have sheep, which are very significant of the church people, of the brothers and sisters. Some will be obedient, and some will be kicking others. Sheep like to kick one another, and they they like to get lost too. Lambs are calm and obedient, a type of mature Christian in the Lord, obedient Christian, our lamb. Disobedient Christians are sheep. Look, Christians are sheep a lot of the time. My brother and sister. but the Lord identified them here to Peter, said unto him to the third time, Simon Peter, Son of Jonah, the Lord loved me. Peter was grieved. He said unto him the third time, Love thou me. Hallelujah. After he talked about the sheep, Peter was, was grieved because sheep will grieve you. Said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love you. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep again. Because there will be pe- people, Peter, that, that they will come against you, that you want to quit on them. I want you to feed them other, so they have a chance to repent and be saved. That's what that is. Twice sheep, once lamb. My brother and sister, very important for pastors that may be listening. Hallelujah. You will have obedience, very few. Most are sheep. Few are lamb. My brother and sister. But God is merciful with all of us. For sure. In this last day that we're in, hallelujah, we need to understand that the Lord Himself is coming. So Matthew said that his countenance was like lightning. Okay? And fear of him the guard shook and became as dead men. And the angel said unto the woman, Fear ye now, for energy that see, uh, I know that ye seek Jesus who was crucified. He's, he's not here, for he is risen, and he said, Come, the place, the, the place where the Lord laid. She wanted to show her facts, because a lot of people need facts in life, and God knows this. They all get, he's going to give them facts. One of the facts for the bride is that they're going to see Jesus face to face, okay, very soon. That will be a fact. He will be standing in front of you and I. Ask him whatever you want right there. Once you see him, no more preacher. No more preacher. It will be the Lord in you. He will speak to you directly. He told me he was preparing people through this program. Hallelujah, which he has chosen. My brother and sister for the last days. Thank you, Lord. He will speak to you. Face to face. Hallelujah. So go quickly and tell his disciple that he's risen from the dead, and behold, he goes before you to Galilee. There you should see him. Lo, I have told you. And remember what happened to was the Zachariah who did not believe the angel? But he, he could not speak later? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to receive the word by faith, even from an angel. Don't go around judging angels like a lot of people do. You have, to, you have to respect it's whom the Lord has chosen, whom the Lord has called. And he, he didn't believe Gabriel. And he could not speak after that. He lost his voice, my brother and sister, until John was born. And the question is, what is his name? What was the first word that came out of his mouth? His name should be called John. Yeah. First word that came out of the priest's mouth. And he was a priest. It doesn't matter what your title is. If you don't believe if you have a problem with faith, you have a problem with faith. And God will deal with you about that. Anyone who has doubt and unbelief, God will deal with them. It's something that we need to repent ourselves. It's not okay with God for us to be walking around with doubt and unbelief. Gabriel spoke to him. He didn't believe him. He questioned the word. And from that moment, he could not speak anymore. That was a consequence of disobedience, of doubt and unbelief. that is it's not pleasing unto the Lord. They departed quickly from the sepulcher, hallelujah, in fear and great joy, and ran to, to bring his disciple the word. And when they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All oh, hail, hail. And they came, hallelujah, held him by the feet and worship him. Thank you, Lord. They immediately saw him. They immediately believed. Bless us, they, Jesus said, that believe without seeing. And that's where we come in. Happy Yeah. Bless us, they,
1: that
3: believe without seeing.
1: Yeah, that's... That's exactly it, yeah.
3: Yeah, I was reading that verse earlier today.
1: It's um, blessed are those that believe without seeing. So, yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's a powerful verse, um, Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You know, uh, that's faith. Uh, yeah, we should. <clears throat> that's something that, it, it, <laughs> like I we said before, you know, that's if we want to please God, it it takes faith, you know. Uh, The Jewish Bible says trust, which is, you know, it's in the same path, you you know, because when you trust someone, you know, it's complete trust, you know. You know, you trust that person, you know, no matter what, you know. um, But Mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah, it's faith, and uh, uh, faith is in levels. We know that, you know, faith can grow. You know, faith is, it's not going to stay the same. You know, faith grows and grows, just like the Bible says, from glory to glory. That's how faith is, and... uh, uh yeah amen blessed uh you know are those that I haven't
3: seen but thank you lord yeah i also want to speak tonight about a, a revelation i received last night and this is what i received i believe this word is important i i wanted to start with this word the program but i know this revelation of michael coming down it's also very important because Last night, I was at the airport, and I saw the state police um, stopping the flight coming from other country into the U.S., and any flight going out. And what was about was a virus that come into the land, and this virus was very effective. Uh, what's the word effective for the virus? It's another word they use, if you can think of the word, brother Tony. And people will be in a uh, – um, I'm sorry to think of the word. Help me out. Thank you, Lord. Help me, Lord. This virus was come, had come into the country, and the virus was deadly contagious thank you the virus was deadly and um the state the government have ordered that every flight will be stopped going in or out coming in or out the whole country will stop nationally internationally and I was told that the virus was here already, and this is in relationship to the revelation of the virus that I was given in 2020. Some of you here are witnesses that I came to you one day here on the Lord's Tower in 2020 and told you of a virus that was coming. I, and this revelation of this virus, I was in New York City. In order to sudden, this woman who got in the virus was standing, and before her body dropped to the floor, she was dead. She started bleeding out through her mouth, through her nose, and her before her body dropped to the floor, she was dead. I remember. Remember that sharing me on the Lord Tower? How many of you in the chat room remember? Give me a one or a two if you remember. Give me a one if you remember. Okay. But it's in the archive. It's in the archive. I'm not lying to you. I'm not lying to you. And this morning was like a follow-up of this revelation that I received. Thank you, brothers and sisters. And I tell you that I was told in my dream it was here. And today, as I listen to the radio, by coincidence, but I know there's no coincidence in God, but I'm gonna use the word coincidence. Um, I heard someone speaking about this virus that is in four nations already, now. I got the dream last night. I got my confirmation today. He was saying that in, in Thailandian, I believe Thailand, Thailandian. I, I can I don't know if I'm saying it right. There was a family that came out with this virus. One of the members got the virus. And the government ordered their, their army to surround the house. Not to let the people out as they call 911. they called the emergency there. And they find out it was a new virus. And the pe- the people stay inside the house, they all die because of this virus. They also have some soldier, US soldiers stationed somewhere I don't know if it was Alaska or Antarctica. I believe it was Alaska, Thailand. And they find out that – thank you, Sister Thailand. They find out that uh, um, one of them got sick with a new virus. This person was sharing on the, on the radio today. And uh, the, the virus got all of them sick. They have to keep them inside. And they all ended up dying of this virus. Same thing in China. A neighbor, someone in China, a neighborhood in China, had gotten this virus also, new virus. And um, the government immediately ordered that place to be shut down. And when they sprayed the, the they sent trouble with chemical to spray the city, the street, the road, the building. Tell them, brother Michael. Okay. This virus is here in the world today. This is a new virus, I was told last night. And my brother and sister, this virus is deadly. And according to what this person was saying, they don't have a vaccine for the new virus like the COVID-19 vaccine. He was talking about how in 18 months they came out with a vaccine for COVID-19. COVID vaccine because they had information since the 80s about COVID, SARS, and, which is all COVID, he was saying. And he has spoken with scientists, professional of virus, and they have said to him they don't think they can put a vaccine together in years for this new virus. It's too difficult to identify the cure, to stop this new virus. But the World Health Organization whom the U.N. has given them all authority over all the world, including the United States, are planning that as soon as they come up, what have I seen, they will send the army to all the houses, all the nations, mandate that everyone, not just some, mandate by approval of every government, mandate that every single human being be vaccinated the army will knock on people's door to get this vaccine to everyone you cannot say no to this vaccine like people did okay my brother and sister, yes earthquake is coming earthquake is coming according to expert scientists this new virus will kill in a city let's say what at 1 million people 72% of the population is what they're estimating. It's deadly. My brother and sister, before I listened to the radio, I was told, hallelujah. My brother and sister, they are trying to keep this under down low right now. Quiet. Because if the he says if the public find out what's going on with the new virus, panic will hit the street. People will run. Crazy, scared. My brother and sister. And the world government knows this. And they are keeping it quiet. Not even the media is reporting on it. They will not allow will not allow the media to report on it. Because they're trying to bring it under their control. Isolate it is the word. They're trying to isolate this virus. My brother and sister. So they can try to keep it under control before it spread all over the world but this person was saying that with so many people traveling every day it is impossible to keep this virus under control they said that in one farm where they cut the virus the pig in the farm had the virus and chicken some other animal they all dropped dead they all started bleeding out of control and died. And some of the animals, our history knows, they don't, some of these animals don't get cold. But he says one way for the virus to move around is through the pig meat. Okay? Which a lot of people eat around the world. Around the world. Remember the Lord telling me not to eat meat? My brother and sister, I, I, will, I will look up the audio and, and play it on the Lord's Tower. I I won't have time tonight to do it, but I will do it this week, and I will play it more than once so people can see it. I know it's very important, my brother and sister. But this new virus, the governments are in panic, in self panic. The World Health Organization is in panic because they got their people working as hard as they can, fast as they can, to try to find a new vaccine for the new virus so they can mandate the vaccine. For everyone, this time they said no one can say no to this nearby scene. They will have to be vaccinated because it's deadly, they say. That's the word they're using, my brother and my sister. I didn't want to bring fear tonight. No. But I tell you, this is what we are. We are so close, okay? My brother and sister are so close. And so we have to Pray. We had to seek the Lord. We have to intercede. So the, the key here is to be to get them right with God. Be them right with him. That when this hit, there was a place where a family got the virus and and a minister offered to go in there and pray for them. And he ended up dying with the family. One of the members got it, it passed it to the to all the family. He went in there. He asked the, the 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 soldier if he could go in there and pray for them. And they gave him the okay, but they warned him. They warned him. He told his wife, honey, I'll go in there and I'll pray for them. The wife stayed out. And the man went in there to pray for them. He got there from them. They don't know if this is airborne or just through the meat, which will be pork, um, maybe even chicken. Who knows? Because the chicken that died had it. Right now, and it was a farm, so I'm sure they have cow also in the farm. All this is being investigated. This stuff is all happening now, enclosed, closed close door, as I would say. They don't want it to hit the media. And I got before I got this news today, I got the revelation last night that it was here from God. The Lord told me it was here last night. And I can see the state, uh, the state police stopping all fly out of this country. They're going to try to avoid this coming into a country or spreading into a country. But remember what the Lord showed me three years ago, that it will be in New York City. It will be in the United States. It will be in California. It will be around the United States. People will be dropping dead. The Lord showed me it will. There's nothing they can do to stop it. Because one thing, my brothers and sisters, no, I won't advise anyone to take to my seeing, and I'm going to tell you why. They may, in, uh, they may introduce the RNA RNA in it that will change the DNA. This is, this is the persecution the Lord has been talking to us about that was coming, that we need to be prepared for. I believe God has a plan. He showed me he had a plan. Father in the Lord spoke to me a couple of years ago, over a couple of years ago, about he had a plan, a place of shelter and protection for us, that he will, he will lead us there. Okay? We know judgment is also at the door. Mighty earthquake, a mighty, mighty earthquake is at the door also. But this virus is already here. It's here on Earth already. Four countries plus, they haven't said how many more, are already contaminated with. And these are countries that people visit, okay? The vaccine won't work. The current vaccine will not work. They said it's much complicated than COVID-19, and it's totally different. And one problem with a new virus, is it mutates fast, really fast. If they can come up with a bycine for it, the vaccine may not be good after three weeks because it mutate in less than three weeks. That's too quickly. It takes them more to come up with a bycine for the virus to mutate so quickly for them to stop it. Okay? It went already from age one to age five in the animal. When it went into the animal was H1. And now it's H5. It had four mutations quickly. And they say within a three weeks period, it mutated quick. So um, right now it's being kept between them. But there's nothing hidden that will not come out to light. The reason why the Lord showed it to me. Um, it, it it's, well, it, it, it says that it's a very old virus, but who knows? You, you know how it is with these people. And and so Esper told it, this, this, this other brother, the expert that he spoke to about it, that, because, uh, you know, well, we always got people that have to bring it out. The Lord will give them a revelation. He, he will have them meet the scientists and the people working on it. And he will have to bring it out to God's people. That's that's the way it is with God. There's nothing hidden will not come out to light. They told him that this is going to be very difficult to come out with a vaccine because it's way different than COVID, way different. They told him that they had a lot of information about COVID from way early time. And that's why they were able to come out with a vaccine in 18 months because of all the information they had together, you know, but not this virus. They don't. They don't have information, much information about this virus. So to come up with a vaccine, it, it may take years. It's the word. That's what Esper told him. Scientists. It, and it's deadly. It's deadly. It once it goes into your blood system, it attacks all your um, attacks. Your immune system become like nothing. It goes around your body. You you start vomiting blood through mouth and and nose. It's like you're choking on your own blood. My brother and sister, really, really bad thing, really, really bad virus. My brother and sister, the people that had it, they had to let them die. They had nothing they could do for them. And that's why it, it, this virus, it, it's, it's like the World, the world Health Organization, as soon as they come up with a, with a vaccine for it, it will be mandatory over every nation, There will be, and this is what the Lord said. This is the dream that we had a couple years ago when we see the army coming knocking on our door to get the vaccine. My wife had the dream. I had the dream on two, three times. See them coming knocking on our door to make sure we were vaccinated, because they will send the army, U.S. army, to every single door. The same with every other nation. They will send the army. Okay, to make sure. Uh, people are vaccinated. It's not going to be like COVID where some people say no. Or many people say no, not with this virus. They, they're they not going to give them. And then this is where they're going to bring people to FEMA camps. Because this is where people will say, no, FEMA camp for you. Or or prison. Prison. I remember they said prison. FEMA camp or prison. So it depends whether they have space in FEMA camps. If they don't have space, then people go to prison. Is they need to seclude the people from um, having the virus, because one thing they found out about this new virus is, that some people can carry the virus for a few months and say, let's say, they don't know how long yet. and, and other people can get it from them quickly and die quickly. You know, they have a word for that. I forgot what the word is, that uh, it's like portable. They're like portable viral portable people. I forget the name. So that, so they can carry the virus around, and other people will get it and die immediately, stop bleeding out and die. While well, this other person, I just, you know. So, wow. So, I will share that audio from 2020 about the vital revelation I received. But people, when it got here, was shocked. I remember in that revelation in New York City, they were shocked. And people, I remember people running, scared, screaming. And so this time, I felt like the Lord did not want me to see much of it. It might be because we're not going to see much. But I also think of another thing. When the Lord... When I'm going to go through something very difficult for me, in example, the Lord helps me through but won't show me what exactly what it is. And so when he gave me a couple of weeks to bump it right, remember? The plane going down, I believe this is it. This is it. The plane going down that he's given me, uh, I, was, I was really uncomfortable in that plane. I thought it was in a crash. I thought I, I would have to swim from under the sea. I was thinking that maybe I was going to die in this crash. You know, it, it was really difficult for me. And when I'm going to go through something like this, the Lord, he will show me, but he will, he will not show me the detail of it. So last night I was seeing the state police stopping a flight for in and out, but I could. there was a part of it that the Lord did not allow me to see. It was too strong for the moment. And I'm sure that if I ask him to show me, he will. He will show me. My brother and sister, He will show me. It, I don't believe it's that one, Brother Joseph, because it, it's, it's a letter virus. They they haven't given it a name yet. It, 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 it's letters. And it's deadly. You don't have much of life once you get it. The majority of people, 72% of the people, It it will take out quickly. So um, we want to be right with the Lord. And we want to be right with the Lord wants us to be. My brother sisters, This is the time that if you're going to travel, you need to ask the Lord. You need to get on your knees and say, Lord, I got this trip. Lord, can I do it, Lord? Or you want me to stay with my family? When something like this, Measures about to happen. You want to stay with your family, close to your family, because this is this this is going to be very difficult. When the in that dream that the Lord's given me, that other dream, when the army came to my house knocking on my door, that we should be we should be vaccinated, all of us should have been vaccinated. You know, my wife. I was telling my wife when I saw the army the. Uh, the vehicle arriving on my property, the the, the military Humvee. I was telling my wife, run out the back of the door, and then I'll follow you. I'll I'll try to talk to them, I try to talk to them with a chain on the door before they kick down the door, and then I'll I'll, I'll I'll run back and and follow you guys. I know I can run fast. I was telling my wife to run with the kids. She she had a little one in my other two brother and ready to run. And she was going out the bo- out the back door with them. I don't know where we were going anyway. You know, we were just running out the back of the door in the other house, you know, in that moment. Now we're at the moment now where as soon as they come up with a vaccine for the new virus, everyone will be, but for people who who will doubt the virus and all that, they'll see a lot of people dropping dead. So people have no doubt that it's deadly. But here comes the faith of the saint. Here comes the faith. God told us persecution was coming. He told us. This is persecution. This is you that need to say no to them. I won't take it. Female camp for your jail. Do what you have to. I won't. I won't take it. We're going to have to end up in female camp or jail, my brother and sister. It is the way things are going to be. God has a plan. Don't don't stop breaking out, crying out. Hallelujah. We'll see. We'll see. We just, we just need to trust the Lord through this. Not go crazy. Okay? And that's what I heard last night, to trust the Lord. Trust the Lord through this. Trust the Lord. And all this. Don't break out crying or don't start punching people. Don't start doing crazy things when it comes. Trust the Lord. Say no to the vaccine. Trust the Lord. Let, let them take you to the female camp of prison. It won't be for too long. Three days of darkness are coming, Of darkness are coming. The earth will be cleansed. You and I don't need to worry about what's going to happen. We know it's coming. They don't have much left. They just made the biggest mistake of their life. Signing that seven-year peace treaty has been the biggest mistake, not just of this nation, because this is an international peace. Every single nation this past Thursday participating on signing the seven-year peace treaty. And God has said in his word, my brother and sister, God has said in his word that when they go and sign, when they go and departed land, okay, when they do this, hallelujah, he's bringing them down to the body of Jehoshaphat. And this is our For my people, my heritage Israel, whom they scatter among the nations part of my land destruction is coming their way, my brother and sisters. Okay. They're not going to escape. Now let me tell you what the what um Babylon represents other nations. What God is going to do to them. Revelation 16, 19. That great city was divided into three parts. Remember they divided Jerusalem in two, Israel in two? Well actually it says in the Bible that they divided Israel. But what they did is They got the West Bank out of the way in the Golden High, so that's three. Three. Well, they got two. They got two, and that's dividing them in three, okay? Because Jerusalem and Tel Aviv belongs to the Jewish people. So the great city was divided in three parts. The city of the nation fell. Great Babylon came to remembrance before God, to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. That is anger. Father's anger Every island fled away, okay? And the mountain was not found. No mountain was found. That's that's the angle he is. And they fell upon men, great hail out of heaven. My brother and sister, great hail. Great hail was coming over these nations. Every stone about the weight of a talent. Okay? Men blasphemed God because of the plague of hail. And for the plague, that was a great. Plague ahead hell and for the plague, two plagues are mentioned there. Because one of this plague that is in the world today, I was told last night, the plague is here already. I was told last night. This is one of the plague that is succeeding great. This is why they say they won't. They they don't think they can find a vaccine for this one. They were warned not to touch Israel. They were warned by God's people, by the prophet of the Lord, not to touch Israel. Now the outcome is here. All this after September 21st. Michael coming down and a new plague on the earth. They were warned not to touch Israel. Now judgment is coming upon them. Psalm 78:47. He cast upon them the fierceness of his anger, wrapped in indignation and trouble, by sending evil angels among them. What are who is among them? Zeus and many more. His general, his wife, and his daughter among them. Evil's angel. They could not get to him before. Now they have. He cast upon them fear and have his anger, wrapped in indignation, trapped by sending evil angels among them. That's evil. Those angels are evil, and they're trying supposedly to be their friend. And these are the angels that will behead them, not for Christ, for hell, for Satan. My brother sister, Nathan 1 says, Who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in his fierceness of his anger? Fury is poured out like fire. rocks are thrown down by him. Look who's throwing them rocks. God is. God from heaven is throwing rocks on people on the earth. I didn't know that God liked to throw rocks. What do you think, about Tony? Yeah, it represents this wrath,
1: yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah it represents uh, the wrath. Um, hail, uh, hail, yeah. So that represents, uh, you know, any type of plague, you know, it. it you know, that represents uh, the anger of the Lord upon, uh, you know, the people, a nation, or, you know. But I believe that's what represents, yeah, hail, represents uh, the wrath of the Lord.
3: But with all, all these glass building, the Lord throwing rock on them, it's going to break all the windows and buildings. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure, you know, um, and even people, you know. All the glass
3: and the car and the new SUV and all that and the new car, it's going to break all the windows. God is throwing rock on them very soon. And you, can you imagine the arm of the Lord throwing rock on them? Yeah. He's throwing rock upon humanity, my brother and sister. Read it in his words. Hallelujah. Rock are thrown down by him, the Bible says. Could you imagine? And I think someone said it over a pound. Could you imagine over a pound rock being thrown on your car? It's going to break your window. My brother, it's coming. We're in a time with my Lord, my God. Revelation 1950, out of his mouth was a sharp sword, which he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. He threatened the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God Almighty. My brother and sister, I am telling you what is coming upon this earth from God. They're not going to like he has rock ready for them. There's there's, there's a place in the uh a part in in the in the book of Joe I believe it is, where he has, he says he has rock prepared for the last day, my brother and sisters. Hallelujah. And so we we are in the last days. This is this is if people don't see it now, I don't know, but hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you God. It's a part it's in the book um it was Joe. He I know he has rock uh, um I think it's rock or stone, either one he says, Ready for the day of judgment in the book of Joe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Um it was Joel uh Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. John 18, Surely the mountain falling come upon now, the rock is removed out of his place. Tear himself in, in his anger. He shall the oil be forsaken for thee. Shall the rock be removed out of the place? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But there's a place where he says, Hallelujah. Hallelujah, where he has rock prepared. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For the last days, praise the Lord. So, let me see. Hallelujah. I'm looking for that in, in Job. I believe it's in Job. Hallelujah. Was, usually, I would like to preach that a lot. That God have rock in, in space, prepared for the last days, and you know, throw down upon the earth. There's a verse in Job. He used to read a lot all the time. I can't remember the... the chapter, the verse, but it's in Job, and, and, and it's for the last day, preserved, I think he's talking about preserve them for the last days, that he will be pouring down upon the nation, my brother and sister, we're, we're, we're so close to the coming of the Lord, my brother and sister, so, so close, but in the last audio that I have, you got to hear <clears throat> what the UN stand for. Okay, and what this brother said that the UN stands for the gathering of Satan army. The UN stand for the gathering of Satan army, he says. Okay, that's what they stand for. And he's gonna he's gonna be talking about it. First he's gonna play a few audio about what the the war organization, the war health organizations are planning and all this. They got the plan, they got their agenda and then he'll come on and begin to explain to people what the uh, U.N. stands for. That's why they were able to sign this international seven-year peace agreement on Thursday night against the Jewish people. This, this was all for against the Jewish people. Because no, no, I, someone was telling me yesterday, the U.N., they said, I don't know why people don't don't, don't see it. the U.N., it stands for undone. And undone stands for nothing. And it's something that is undone, right? It's not right. This is, people just see what they even stand for. They even stand for nothing. They stand for of the devil. That's what they're standing for. And we're going to see all that unfolding. What they're doing behind closed doors and getting their, the devil's army ready to fight the Lord when he returns with his army. Jesus is coming back with us, his army. And the devil's getting his army ready to fight the Lord. He's leading all the nation right now, the Antichrist, to get ready for that. Remember when the Lord had me, I heard the Antichrist a few days say that they should already have everything ready for him because he's about to start his kingdom. He is about to start his kingdom. The great tribulation is about to begin, my brother and sister. This is why. We need to be ready. We need to be repenting. We need to be seeking the Lord. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> Thank you, God. Because everything is close. So when they are saying, and this is what the UN is saying, peace and safety. Peace and safety. Sudden destruction shall come upon them as a travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. There's no way that they can escape Judgment, because of all the evil they have planned against the will, against people, they will not escape the judgment of God. But the Apostle Paul warned the church that, hallelujah, when this happened, not to be asleep, because there is a lot of people asleep, my brothers and sisters. This is what Paul said, but ye brethren are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. What do he mean by that, Brother Tony? Yeah. When he tells them that, that uh, talking to the brothers now.
1: Yeah, like you say, you know, not to be sleepy, you know. Um, but you are not in darkness, that, that they should not
3: overtake you as a thief. But you notice how yeah. Paul, when he's talking about the you and they, he says they. But when he's talking to brothers and sisters, he says you. G, you.
1: When they say peace and safety, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was speaking, you know, to, to us now. He's speaking to us now, um that you know, the people that are that mm-hmm. are looking, you know, that are watching, um you know, that this is not nothing, you know that, you know, we're watching. He he's speaking to us directly there, you know. He it, it's the it's I know he was talking to the Thessalonians yeah, you know, but sometimes it's the you know, it's the word of God that's speaking to us now, you know. It's, it's written thousands of years back, but it's speaking to us now, you know, and uh, it's exactly how it is, you know, it's it's uh it's the sword, you know, the, the sword, you know, the double edged sword speaking to us, you know. We're not in darkness.
3: But then he said but yeah, children of the light. Children of the yes. day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. So that's why we cannot be asleep.
1: Yeah, no, we've got to be spiritually awake, you know, um, watching, watching for the Lord, looking, you know, to just like the virgins, you know, how it talks about in uh, Matthew twenty-five, you know, um, lamps, lamps, you know, on fire, on fire for the Lord, and uh, that's, you know, we're not in darkness, you know. Those that are sleeping in this times, you know, um, and I hope they, you know, I hope they wake up in time because the Lord. this is, you know, this is it, you know. We're not, we're not of
3: delight and we're not appointed to wrath neither, you know. And yet again, let, for therefore let us not sleep as do other, but let us watch and be sober. Again, he tells them not to be asleep. Why do the Apostle Paul feel to, to remind people so many times not to be asleep? Is it something that they will be doing that he has to remind them?
1: Yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's just like the Lord. You know, the Lord does the same thing to us, you know. It's He always reminds us, you know, and uh, tells us, you know, like, uh, like a counsel, you know, counseling us, you know, um, or... Reminding us, you know, he always does it, you know, and that's because that's, that's the love of God, you know, telling us, you know, um, you know, like uh constantly helping us. In other words, you know, that's the same way. That's how I see that. And
3: uh, um to be, you know, to be awake and, and all that. Amen. For those that sleep, sleep in the night, yeah. he says, and those who are drunk and drunken in the night. So, um, very specific. Let us. Who are the day over? So putting the breastplate of faith, love, and for the helmet, the hope of salvation. Three are the the armor of the Lord. There are three here. The breastplate of faith. I take the breastplate of faith and love. And love is very specific. Breastplate of faith and then love. Love as an armor. I ne- I never took love as an armor before. Have you? Uh, I always seen it, you know, because
1: I always knew love is is from God and hate is of the enemy.
3: But I never knew that love was an armor, part of the armor.
1: Yeah,
3: I just learned something new today. I just learned it right now. I didn't know this. Because yeah. he he says faith, which is the birthplace of faith, and then love. Yeah. You know, but later Saturday so we saw the on. All right. What are we putting on? The breastplate of faith. That's one of the armor. Mm-hmm. Law, another armor. I didn't know about that armor. Yeah. And for helmet, the hope of salvation. Yeah, helmet of salvation. Isn't that incredible, the things you can find in the Bible? Yeah. I think we're going to go to heaven and find a bunch of other things that we should have found on the earth, huh? Yeah, a lot more <laughs> mystery. Yeah, we didn't get to yeah. We need to read the Bible. Yeah. We need to read it. For God has not appointed them to great tribulation. Now wrath is is as great tribulation. And and so this is the part that, that disagree with the people that say that the bride are gonna to go to the great tribulation. Because if, if you if you know that wrath points out to the great tribulation, the Bible says that God has not appointed us for that. It is impossible for the church to go to the great tribulation. Impossible. You will have to destroy the, the heaven and the earth in order for the church to go to the great tribulation. And still I don't think it's possible. Because Jesus said heaven and earth will not, will pass not my words. Right, that's right. The word of God is stronger than heaven and earth, in other words. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Remember when Jesus said, I learned something so cool today, when Jesus said that he's a first from creation, mm-hmm. I didn't know Why? I learned it today, the things you learn. I learned today why he's the first from creation. You know why Jesus is the first from creation? Because when God spoke the word, it was Jesus he spoke for the first time. The first word that came out of Father's mouth was Jesus, because he is the God created Jesus when he spoke the first word out of his mouth. Then I was wondering, so how did God communicate it before? Think about it for a second. Mm-hmm. I learned that today. I, heard, I read the Bible several times. Jesus said he's the first from creation. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, Father wonder if he spoke the first word in eternity. Mm-hmm. That's when Jesus was born. Yeah. Long time ago. Yeah.
1: No wonder I heard that. You know what
3: I said the other day? Their unity.
1: is so. It's
3: more than what we share with say. the brothers and sisters. What God revealed to you, brothers.
1: That's. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Uh, the way I saw it was, it was like. I don't know how you describe that, like a vision or or a glimpse, but I was looking at the Lord. You know, not his person, but I, I knew I was looking at the Lord, and then it's like I heard a voice that said, "I'm him," and I knew that voice was Father. And so it said I'm him and it uh and that makes perfect sense because like you said, um the first word the god the father spoke was uh you know, was was the word with Jesus. He's you know, and so that's him. That's, ex- that's his person is him.
3: And look at the other thing, out of the out of the heart mm. the mouth speaketh. So where did Jesus come from? The love of the heart of the Father. Yeah. The first word that came out of his heart was him. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, that's him. Yeah, it's uh, like someone said before. They, you know, it's they can't describe. It. It's kind of hard to, you know, sometimes to describe it. You know, their unity because it's they're just they're just they're one. You know, you can't separate them. They're they're it's father son and like and you know. someone
3: also said that Jesus is father's heart. Yeah, for us. It's trying. incredible. incredible. Yeah. The mystery, the mystery yeah. that God can give us out of his word, my brother and sister. Jesus is Father's heart for us. Mm-hmm. But he's the first word that God spoke. Yeah. And, and the first word is Aleph. So when he says, A, Jesus was born. Mm-hmm. Then a translation, Aleph, in the Hebrew uh, vocabulary, Aleph. So Jesus is the first word, my brother and sister. And, and and so he's the first from creation. But he's he's the word, he's the word that God spoke. Mm-hmm. Someone has to speak, you know, he spoke the Lord. And then everything after that God has created is by the word. Yeah. Every the heavens, the earth, and every everything in it. Mm-hmm. He created them by the word. My brother and sister. That is incredible. So that's why man will not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. Very important we know and understand this. Every word that proceeds out of Him. Every day we think about eating, we should be thinking about God's word first. Yeah. Because man will not live by bread alone. The problem with us is talking about flesh. All the flesh wants to do is eat every day. When you tell your flesh that you're going to be fasting, your flesh start getting all emotional, yeah. Sensitive. Don't want to fast. Mm. Why do I have to fast? Well, you know. And so, it's normal when you feel different when you're fasting, because you're submitting the flesh to the will of the spirit, the will of God. My brother says, men would not live by bread alone, so look for. We look forward to fasting, but ask the Lord to give you strength and help when you're fasting. Don't quit your fasting. Just say, Lord, help me to fast Monday with, with the whole entire church with no food, no water until 4 o'clock p.m. Lord, help me, Lord. Remember that everyone's timing is different. California timing is different. Central America, Chicago, different place timing is different. But you know what? We each have a day at 24 hours. So you know that all the way Monday to 4 o'clock, we fast with no food, no water. Do that for the Lord as a family in Christ, and the Lord will bless you. You can fast then Wednesday with water, Friday with water, to 4 o'clock, and the Lord will bless you. That's the corporate fasting that we do here on the Lord's Child, which we encourage people to do. That will help you to be ready for the rapture. Stay in repentant with the Lord. Keep seeking the Lord. Some people, as they started the corporate fasting, they, an anointing come upon them. They say, Brother Elby, I began the fasting with, your church, with the church of the Lord's Tower, and an anointing came upon me right away. It's a blessing to fast with us. So please join us. I know some people take medication, but ask the Lord Jesus to help you fast. It's important. That that indicate that you are serious with God, and God... We we'll love that that we when we are serious because He's a serious God, Amen. Thank you, Lord. Soon you're going to see Him face to face. Another question that we have will be answered. To us, my brother and sister. So here, here's the brother. And first, there's going to be a few audio, and then the brother will come on. I, I there was a sister also. Remember the testimony I share about the 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 sister who turned into our. How long ago was that, Brother Tony? Help me remember. Of the sister that turned into a, a, a grizzly bear, remember we shared that? I think it was last year, wasn't it? No, no, no. That was only a few, a few, a couple of weeks ago. Let's see if anyone in the in the oh. chat room remember. I shared testimony. Um, um. I think it was not even two or three weeks ago. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. About the sister that turned into a, a grizzly bear. Yeah. So there was a, another sister who had a, a similar revelation from the Lord. I, I don't think it will be enough time, but we can play it on Tuesday night again. Amen. So listen to the-
0: at stake is more
2: than one small country it is a big idea a new world order where diverse nations
0: are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind peace and security freedom and the rule of law
4: nothing less than a new world order This is the pledge of the world's most powerful leaders, representing 90% of the global economy. Thursday's G20 summit, they say, has changed the rules of the game.
3: Today, the largest countries of the world have agreed a global plan for recovery and reform. This involves the biggest interest rate cuts in history, the biggest fiscal stimulus we have ever seen, the biggest increase in resources in the history of our international institutions,
0: and uh, since then, we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. And now is a time when things are shifting. We're gonna, there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. And we've got to unite the rest of the free world in doing it. You're saying the government has created weather-tampering techniques so that the, quote, new world order
2: will be able to starve millions of Americans and to control the rest yes sir we're developing through technology an ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint what does that mean
3: that's
0: where are they traveling how are they traveling what are they eating
2: what are they consuming on the platform so individual carbon footprint tracker mm. Stay tuned we don't have it operational yet but this is something that we're working on
0: The World Health Organization is moving forward to revise international health regulations in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Some member states are expressing concern over provisions of the zero-draft WHO convention agreement. Critics say the proposed agreement would give the WHO authority over health care, trade, and other aspects of our lives. Well joining us to explain more is Reggie Littlejohn. Ms. Littlejohn is president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers and co-chair of the Stop Vaccine Passport Task Force. Hi Reggie, before we discuss how this ties into U.S. law, what would approval of this zero draft agreement mean for people worldwide?
4: Well, I believe that it will mean the establishment of a, a worldwide totalitarian biotech state. So these, these instruments, and, and by the way, you correctly uh, characterized the zero draft as an agreement. Uh, that's what they are calling it. They don't want to call it a treaty because they are deliberately trying to subvert the United States and the other countries' treaty processes. So if it's an agreement, all it takes is a signature. It does not take going through our Senate. So people say, oh, don't worry about it, it will never pass our Senate. Well, they are deliberately subverting our Senate uh, process.
0: Signatories must recognize, quote, the central role of the WHO as a directing and coordinating authority on international health work. What do you believe that means?
4: Well, it, it means that the WHO is able to call the shots if there's any health uh, emergency or potential health emergency anywhere in the world. And the language that says that they have to have the permission of the country has, is stricken so that they can do it without the permission of the country. And it's not only about human health, they have something called One Health, which means that they can do it on behalf of human health, animal health, plant health, the environment, they can use any reason that they want to be able to come in and basically run, run the show in terms of uh, addressing that health issue.
0: How is the Biden administration planning to use the National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, to pre-approve whatever is approved by the WHO?
4: This is something that just came to my attention on Friday from another, from an international law expert, that this uh, National Defense Authorization Act, which was rammed through at the very end of the last Congress, contains within it something called the International Pandemic Preparedness Act, and I think most people in Congress don't even know about this. Um, but that act contains a loophole in it, which he argued, and I agree, with makes it that whatever the World Health Organization passes is automatically made law in the United States, again, subverting our, our Senate. So this needs to be opposed. And in fact, I think that the entire World Health Organization attempt to take over the world, really, um, through vaccine passports. That's another thing that they want to do. Um, the World Health Organization, if these things are passed, will have the ability to mandate in the United States, how we handle a pandemic, including forced quarantines, forced mass mandates, forced vaccine mandates. Why, why should we allow Dr. Tedros, who failed so miserably in handling the Wuhan virus, uh, order us around about how we handle our own health? the who is
5: developing through all its nations but with the WHO director in the united states in charge a pandemic treaty and amendments to the existing international health regulations that will remove the human rights protections currently um, embedded in the ihrs will enforce surveillance censorship get rid of freedom of speech require governments to censor and only push a single narrative one health is another part of this one health is a concept that was created to enable the who with these documents to take over jurisdiction of everything in the world by saying that climate change animals plants water systems ecosystems are all central to health Also embedded in this concept is a peculiar notion that humans are no longer of greater value than animals.
2: I think it's safe to say we are living in strange times, right? No longer can you, as a believer, we as the body of Christ, run around and saying, guess what? You guys, people need to get ready. You know, the end is coming. The end is coming. The end is coming. We can no longer say that because the end is here. And you want proof of this? One of the most in-your-face, overt, biblical fulfillments of prophecy declaring we are literally at the end is this. It is the United Nations, where the, where the world gathers together as one, and this whole concept where we all become one, and it sounds great, and we have one world government. And, of course, they're going to bring peace and safety This entity, if you will, this is what heralds the tribulation. We're going to talk about this today. This heralds the tribulation. It heralds the coming of the Messiah. You know, here we are in Psalm 27. If we want to truly walk away with what we need to walk away with, we feel the weight, the power, the beautiful tools how significant this psalm really is we got to talk about some things we got to talk about some things that and really build upon what we addressed last week and and as an interesting side note do you know psalm 27 is traditionally read in jewish homes amongst rabbis twice a day right now twice a day during the month of elul they said that's what begins the days of repentance And they read Psalm 27 twice a day until Rosh Hashanah. You know why? Because the reading of Psalm 27 is preparation for the coming of the king, Yom HaMelech. Absolutely mind-blowing. And then the fact that we're, and let let me be clear, that was not my intention to time Psalm 27. Uh, I didn't do that. But I find it interesting that here we are, exactly when the rabbis are reading Psalm 27, specifically in preparation for the coming of the Mashiach. That celebration, also known as Yom HaKisei, the hidden day. That celebration known as the day of the resurrection of the dead. Psalm 27 comes to the table. Absolutely amazing. And so what we're going to do today, we're not going to get anywhere in Psalm 27. We will not. But we are laying a foundation. Like I said, there are things that we have to bring to the table. And so we're going to do that. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about Bible prophecy and how relevant it is. And we are living, people, we are living the pages of Bible prophecy right now. Do you know you are eyewitnesses to things that are happening that were only read by Christians and bygone generations. Things that they only read about you are experiencing. I, I don't know if you really appreciate the gravity of where we're at today in Bible prophecy, but I'm hoping to awaken some of that. And so with that said, I want to talk about this, and I'm going to take you to the Bible, and to show you the Bible prophesied this thousands of years ago, that this would happen, That this is what the world would do. The prophet Joel says this, For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives Yehuda and Yerushalayim, Judah and Jerusalem. This is a prophecy. Let me give you the backdrop here. The context of Joel, Joel 3. It's about the day of the Lord. Joel literally talks about the sun being dark and the moon turning into blood. And Yeshua in Matthew 24 says, That's what happens before I return. And Joel literally uses the phrase, the day of the Lord. This is the backdrop. This is the context. And so what I want you to appreciate is this prophecy would be fulfilled at the end of the age. Well, I kid you not. You can fly over to Israel and witness with your own eyes that this prophecy has come to pass. After almost 2,000 years, the Lord brought the Jewish people back to the land of Israel. One of the most significant end-time Bible prophecies ever. He's brought, you know, when I was over there, when I went over there, one of the things that I couldn't process, and it's before um, I, I was actually waiting to get actually, you know, into the land And I'm looking at all these Jews running all over the place. I'm hearing them speak in Hebrew. And I was astonished that I would be able to come to today and to be able to witness the fulfillment of this prophecy. Something the prophet, something that Christian, Jewish Christians, something that Jews have been waiting for for thousands of years. That I get to witness the fulfillment of Joel 3. Blew my mind. This is only half of the Lord's statement. He finishes with the following. I also will gather all nations, not some. This is the prophecy. I'm going to gather all nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. Which is to say, and you'll see this this will bear out. This is talking about, I will bring them into judgment. I'm going to bring the whole world, all the nations, into judgment. So get this—you know, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? God prophesies, "I'm going to bring my people back to their land." In the same breath, He says, "And at that time, I will also gather all the nations." Well, here's what's interesting: we read this. United Nations was created October 24, 1945. That is significant. 1945, when did Israel become a state? A couple years later. I mean, literally, you can't make that up. Within a couple years, God had brought officially his people back, and at the same time, the United Nations was created for the sole purpose of gathering the nations together. Even more significant is the date that it was created. October 24th, 1945 doesn't mean much. To us in the Gregorian, oh, but when you take it into the Hebrew, it is the 17th of Cheshvan. And the reason the 17th of Cheshvan is significant, that is the very day that the Lord began to reign judgment in the days of Noah. We're literally told the day that he began to judge the world in the days of Noah. And here we fast forward, the Lord's talking about he's going to bring all nations what? to judge them, and it literally, the UN is created on that very day. That day. It goes on. And I will enter into judgment with them there on account of my people, my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations. They have also divided up my land. Now this is interesting. So this is part of the Bible prophecy is that Jerusalem and Israel would be divided up. Go to Zechariah 14, it literally says Jerusalem will be divided and the land carved up. Now what's fascinating about this is go back to when the UN was created. Do you want to know one of their, what I would call one of their foundational resolutions that happened only within the first couple of years that the UN was created? It was a huge concern. It's it's what they wanted. It's their vision. Resolution 181. Resolution 181 literally calls for the division of Jerusalem through the UN. They're the ones drawing up the plans. They're going to carve up Israel. In fact, recent presidents in the United States of America have talked about this. They've actually talked about this. This hasn't gone anywhere. Now, keep in mind, that resolution goes back to 1947, even before Israel became a nation, officially a state. They had drawn these plans up. Now, I want you to ponder that for a second. They had drawn the plans up to divide Jerusalem. And do you know what? According to Zechariah 14, they will. They will. According to Bible prophecy, they will be successful. They will divide Jerusalem. They will carve up the land. And do you know what? That heralds the coming of the Messiah. I wonder, do we realize how close we are to the second return of Yeshua? Do we realize that we are at the end of the age? Revelation 16, verse 13. We read this, And I saw three unclean spirits... Like frogs. Okay, the the, the imagery of frog is so significant. Number one, we see frogs are unclean. Hence why this is used, because these are unclean spirits. But that's not all that you need to take away, because the context by which this is being brought to us is the context of the end of the age and the judgment. When you go back to the Exodus... The plague of frogs, very significant. We learn a lot about this. Number one, we're told in the Psalms that the plague of frogs actually brought destruction upon the Egyptians. They were agents of destruction. So we don't just understand these These are unclean spirits. These are unclean spirits who are agents of destruction, who are going to go out destroying. But there's another element you have to add to that. Because that concept of frogs, which we saw in Egypt, that is in the context, when God rained that judgment down, it was a context of great deception. And what do I mean by that? What I mean is, is that Johnny and John Brace, at least the Targums identify the two magicians that worked on behalf of Pharaoh. When they went toe-to-toe with Moses and, 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 and Aaron, Moses would cast his rod down and it would become a snake. Well, Johnny and John praise these two sorcerers, these, you know, uh, warlocks. They cast down their staffs and they also became snakes. When Moses turned the water into blood, the Lord working through Moses, the magicians did the same. And the third and final miracle that these witches performed was bringing frogs on the land, Moses brought frogs on the land, guess what, these warlocks came and they did the same, and do you know why? So that no one would listen to the power and, and the word of God, no one would heed what God was telling them and warning them, saying, let my people go, amazing deception, And so as we see this imagery of three unclean spirits like frogs, we are understanding that these are agents of destruction. These are agents of deception, a boatload of deception. And now we continue. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. The dragon is the devil. The beast is the embodiment of the devil. It's his image. And the false prophet is the one that comes out and turns everyone to worship the embodiment of the devil, the beast. They call this, you know, at least some call this, identify this as the dark trinity, the unholy trinity. And as you look at this and see what this is saying, there's something I I want you to understand about the, the dragon and the beast. The beast is truly the manifestation, incarnate, if you will, of the devil. All right? Now, moving to verse 14. For they are spirits of demons performing signs, which go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world. Everyone, these demonic, deceptive destruction agents of destruction are going to go out to the whole world. And what are they going to do? What is their function? Listen to this. To gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Do you understand that when the nations of the world come together and are uniting, it's being done through the leading of demonic spirits. They are gathering the world, interestingly enough, for war. Which is peculiar because the whole tagline, the mantra of the UN is peace and security. That's the mantra. See, they're gonna come on the scene and they're gonna solve world hunger. They're gonna eradicate poverty. They're gonna fix every they're gonna make sure everyone has this wonderful perfect health care. They're gonna bring peace, total peace, utopia to the to the world. That's what they're gonna do. You know what's not being told? The undercurrent that no one's seeing that actually is happening, because I'm gonna tell you right now, there will be no peace. There isn't gonna be any security, they're not gonna solve poverty, they're not gonna solve world hunger, and your health care isn't gonna increase. They're preparing for war. That's what this is. The UN is enlisting the entire world to join the army of Satan. Do we not understand this? This is literally what is happening. We read in Revelation 19, verse 19, And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against Yeshua, who sat on the horse and against his army. You know, one of the directives—I mean, it's within their—I mean, this is the this is within their agenda. You can go to the United Nations. You know, one of the things that they want to accomplish is create a world standing army. That's what they want to do because that's what is happening. They're preparing for Armageddon. That's this whole concept of what is actually taking place on this earth right now, and they're going to move to take down Yeshua. They're going to move to take down all those who belong to Yeshua. What does this mean for us when we see this construct, unprecedented in the history of the world, of this creating this one world government, where everyone's under one government? What does this tell us? It tells us that we are literally... Entering into the most difficult, the most terrifying, the most disturbing days the world has ever known. That's what it means. And I'm going to tell you, if you are not ready for what is about to be unleashed, if you are not prepared to suffer for the gospel of Yeshua, if you haven't solidified your heart in obedience and commitment To God in his commandments. I'm going to tell you right now, you will not make it. You will not stand. You will fall to the fear. You will compromise. You will be taken into Satan's army. In in essence, you know, one day you're professing, I love Jesus. And the next day you're like, well, when it costs me something, whether it's persecution or my life, uh, not so much. I'm going to defect. And I'm going to go to this other army. I'm going to move to the side of Satan. We ended off last week in Revelation 21.8. The cowardly shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Let that permeate in your heart. You give in to fear. The fear of persecution. The fear of death. The fear of loss. The fear of pain. And you will not make it. You will be destroyed. You know, it's one thing to face. The wrath of man, it's another thing to face the wrath of God. Yeshua says, do not fear him who can destroy the body but cannot destroy the soul. Rather, fear him who can kill the body and kill the soul. See, the fear of God will drive out the fear of the devil, the fear of the world, the fear of pain, the fear of suffering. It will drive it out because perfect love casts out all fear. If the love of Jesus, Yeshua, has been perfected in your heart, you will have the power to say no. I will not bow down to your gods. I will not give in. Revelation 13. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And on his horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous name. A couple of things I want to mention here. Number one, the first thing is this beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, I didn't put this up here, but if you flip the page back and you go back to chapter 12, you will read about the dragon. And guess what the dragon has? Seven heads and ten horns. And I I mention this because you have to understand the beast is merely the image of the invisible dark one. As Yeshua is the the image of the invisible God, the God over the whole earth, Yeshua is the image of the invisible God, so is the beast the image of the invisible dark one, the evil one. It's the very manifestation. Yeshua walked on the earth and said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It was a true manifestation of the living God of Israel. This will be a true living manifestation of the evil one. That's the first thing I want to mention. The second thing is this. And this is important. We don't have time to get into. I mean, this is months and months that we could get into. What's being described here in Revelation is also described in the book of Daniel. Now, if you ever want to dig into the book of Revelation, you're going to need the book of Daniel. They are siblings. You don't break up the family. You need them. And actually, it's interesting. There are things that exist in the book of Daniel that fill in gaps in the book of Revelation. And even more interesting, there are things in Revelation that fill in the gaps to the book of Daniel. They are meant to go together you see, you know, whether, whatever, in whatever, movies, you, you see that when they're going to unlock the, the nuclear device or, you know, the, 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 the football, the briefcase or whatever, there's two different keys, and one person stands over here, and we have to turn the keys at the exact same time. I, I want you to think of it with that imagery. You need the book of Daniel with Revelation. They're twins. You need to have this. In the book of Daniel, it talks about four beasts, it talks about the kingdom of Babylon. It then goes to Medo Persia. And then it goes to Greece. And then it goes to Rome. These four beasts of Revelation. Interestingly enough, do you know that when you calculate the number of heads of these four beasts in total, you have seven heads. And there's a total of ten horns. And so you have this calculation in the book of Daniel these four beasts so critical and then that is all rolled into one beast there's one beast in revelation and I'm going to tell you this is significant because when you are to take all the powers from the beginning of the first beast to the end of the last beast, and you, in essence you describe all of it, and you bring it into one, and it's one beast, it is describing an unparalleled power in the history of the world whose reach and influence is unlike any other kingdom. The United Nations is fitting this, they're, they're instilling and installing this one world government. It's absolutely bananas. We, let me highlight this. At the end here we, we read, and on his head's a blasphemous name. It doesn't tell us exactly what's on there, but if we were to go to Scripture, there's plenty of the word that talks about the devil blaspheming God and what that looks like. And so we can speculate through Scripture you know, you go to Ezekiel 28, the devil calls himself God. I am Elohim, and I sit in the seat, the throne of Elohim. He exalts himself above the congregation. That's blasphemy. I think of the blasphemy of calling God a liar. As he did in the Garden of Eden, he went and convinced Eve that God was a liar. Has God really said, you shall not eat of every tree? He says, well, we'll die. Satan says, you will surely not die. Called God a liar. Blasphemy. And whatever the case may be, these are examples. This is the reality of who this entity is. It's Hoshech. It's darkness. Verse 2. Now, the beast which I saw was like a leopard. Now, get this. Pay attention. The body is a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. And his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And I want to stop right there. Go back to Daniel and guess what? Babylon is described as a lion. Medo-Persia, the second beast, is described as a bear. Greece is described as a leopard. Literally. So you have this, literally, these, all these beasts coming together as one. And then we read... And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. Again, I think about the righteous version of this. Yeshua says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. The very one who is the the image of the invisible God. And now we have the beast taking on a dark side of that. Getting all the authority, all the power from the father of lies. From the unseen one. You know, I showed a picture. It was, long, it was a while ago, maybe a year ago. The UN recently featured a new statue at their headquarters, which is in New York City. It's in Manhattan. I want to show you this because this is one of those moments you're like, you, you can't be serious. Pure evil, the United Nations unveils a statue. This is an image, image at New York City headquarters that resembles the beast of the book of Revelation, and actually read commentary by people who don't subscribe to the Bible, who, who, who went to the Bible, they're shocked. They're like, okay, that's weird, that's creepy. That they would literally create, this is the body of a leopard, the mouth of a lion, and they looked at the paws, it's like the paws of a bear. Are you kidding me? You're going to create, what? prompted them to bring this beast to the headquarters of the U.N. And it gets even more fascinating. You you see it's fitted with wings. Go back to Daniel. Babylon and Greece bear wings. I mean, you can't make that up. Now, let me be clear. My eschatology does not rest on a statue, on an image. But when you're talking about... Bible prophecy as whole and everything that we're going to cover today, and then you see an image sitting at the headquarters of the UN, that's nuts. Verse 3. I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And listen to this, all, not some, all the world marveled and followed the beast. These demonic spirits that go out to seduce and to allure the entire world to come together as one with one agenda. And it isn't the Lord's agenda. And then we read this in verse 4. So they worshipped, worshipped. Because that's what this is all about. At the end of the day, this is the battle of worship. Worship. So they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worship the beast. Listen to what they say. Who is like the beast who is able to make war with him? Who is like the beast? They're saying there's no one. He is unmatched. No one has the power to take him down. Do you understand why they're joining forces? Why they're gonna come into the, the, the army of Satan? Who is like the beast, you know? When I read that, you know, the the first time you read this, and, and like, when you're familiar with other parts of Scripture and especially the Psalms, your mind is blown right here. Because how many times have I read, who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord? Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high? And I could show you passage after passage after passage. This is what the Bible's declaring. This is what the righteous declare. And the wicked will be declaring who is like the beast. We will have two armies rising up to do battle. And they're both claiming our God reigns. Our army is more powerful. Verse 5. And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Verse 6, then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. Totally unleashed, vomiting filth out of his mouth. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. Every tribe, tongue, and nation. This would mean a one world order. This would mean a one world government. Total control. So much control that he has the authority to take the believers down, to end them. This is what is being described here as the great tribulation. This is when the world hits a fever pitch See, when the world comes to a place where they can no longer stand the sight of you, you're a stench in their nostrils. You're like what Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians. You become the aroma of death. You become the disease that needs to be eradicated. They don't want to hear your filthy worship to Jesus. They don't want to hear you talking about the Word of God. They don't want to hear you talking about how their sin is going to lead them into hell. They are going to come to the point and say, we're done. And then the killing begins. And then the persecution begins. And then the imprisonment begins. And it's going to happen en masse. The Bible declares it. You know, I think of Psalm 105, 25. It says, he turned their heart to hate his people. Now, I'm going to tell you, if we do want to understand Bible prophecy, the exodus is filled with a treasure trove of information that you need to possess for understanding and discernment in Bible prophecy as a whole. It's a template. Do you know, and and listen to me carefully, because this is important, that before the Lord came and delivered Israel, He did something. He turned the heart of the Egyptians to hate His people, to despise them, to mistreat them. In fact, you go back, Israel suffered more before the Lord took them out. They suffered more than they had ever suffered as a history in their nation. Ever. They suffered greatly. But now I want to give you the good news. And I want to give you something that I hope you take to the grave. That will bring you hope, will bring you success, will give you strength to endure and not cave to the fear. When persecution endures against you, it grows stronger and stronger, and you don't feel you can go on, and your life is being called to you, and they're putting Christians to death, and you're seeing a bloodbath. Psychologically, you're losing Without the Lord, you can't do it. I'm going to tell you, if you remember this reality, that before God comes to deliver you, He's first going to give us over to the world for the world to hate us and so what we should be mindful of as the world's escalating in hatred and intolerance No, Jesus is coming soon. He's coming back to get you. And if there's anything you need to be mindful of of that, it's that. Yeshua is coming. So the more that persecution intensifies, we can smile and going. We're one more day closer to the Lord's return. That means he's coming back to deliver us. That is powerful for me. Take that with you. That said, I want to jump to the book of Daniel. And I actually want to show you what... We're going to read in Daniel what we just read in verse 6 and verse 7. It says the exact same thing. The only thing about it is, is there's one little detail that we need to take away. In Daniel 7, verse 25, He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High. We already read that in Revelation, we got that. And shall intend to change times in law. Okay, so when you get to the end of the age, and you have this rise of a new world order, of a one world government, it's going to seek, this is the spirit of Antichrist, this spirit is going to seek to change times and law. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're paying attention to the video, it's already happening. It's already happening where the UN is coming to to place their one world government upon all the governments of the world. There is going to be a change to the economy. There is going to be change to health care. Your personal rights and freedoms will be directly impacted. Your right and free to freedom of speech is going to be impacted. Your ability to bear arms is going to be impacted. Of course, all in the name of peace and security. You have to lose all these liberties. You don't understand. It's for the greater good. It's for the greater cause. This is going to help the polar bears who are floating on ice cubes in, in the middle of the ocean. I mean, the insanity of what the UN is trying to sell is, is delusional. It's demonic. It's absolutely demonic. I think of this, and I think of the Apostle Paul. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul talks the context talks about Yeshua coming as a thief in the night. And so we're talking about the end of the age. We're talking about the end of days. Yeshua as a thief in the night. He says this in that context. When they say peace and safety, peace and security, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. This blows my mind. Paul said that at the end of the age, the darkness, the wicked, would be declaring peace and security. And we literally have this being trumpeted right now. And so we go back and we look at what is being described here, that he's going to seek to change times and law. Understand, this is not just about affecting your gun rights and you're, how you're accustomed with liberties and freedoms in this country. When the enemy comes, when this darkness that's being described, when the beast actually implements his power... He's coming for this. He's going to change times and law according to the Bible. Let me read to you a few headlines. UN looking to push religious communities to fully comply with LGBTQ agenda. Fully comply. What that means is, is that you, the churches and the pastors and Christians who are operating as legitimate communities of faith that they would have to throw out literally their Bible, so many parts of their Bible, that actually calls sexual immorality as a whole, whether it's adultery, whether it's fornication, you know, sex outside of marriage, that's fornication, or homosexuality. All of it is defined as sin. And God doesn't define it as sin because he hates people that are in homosexuality as all these people... And this media, which is so corrupt and disgusting as they try to present Christians that hate gay people, is absurd. The whole context of the text in saying these things is God's love for these people to pull them out of sin so that they can live in eternity. That is the context. But the beast is going to come in. And the beast is going to try to usurp all the churches. And guess what? It's already happening. We read, UN expert, religious liberty must yield to LGBT demands. If there's anything you need to understand about the Antichrist, about the beast, about the devil, he will demand compliance. I wonder if you're going to give it to him when it starts to hit the fan. We read this, United Nation is building a digital army to censor online disinformation. And disinformation is going to be this book. Again, going back to Satan in the garden. Do you know what he actually did to Eve? He convinced Eve that what she was believing, what God said, was disinformation. He said, you will surely die, you will not die. Satan's convincing her that's disinformation. You can't believe it. It was the truth. And what is it? Plato, Greek philosopher, said, No one is more hated than he who speaks truth. We live in a generation right now where good is evil and evil is good, where this document, the Bible, which is truth, and the truth will set you free, is being called disinformation. Listen to this. This is sick. WHO and United Nations Coordinate Global Plan to Decriminalize Pedophilia. Can you say changing times and laws? The whole concept of criminalizing pedophilia is to keep the sick people away from hurting our children, from traumatizing these innocent ones. That's the whole point. People that are totally engulfed in sin. You hold them back. You criminalize these things. If you decriminalize, you start decriminalizing murder, what do you think is going to happen over the next week? All hell is going to break loose. You you can cut somebody off and someone says, well, there's no accountability for murder, so I'm just going to take you out. This is what happens. This is what the devil is doing. This is what the UN is going to put a blanket of darkness over this entire world and then they'll celebrate it they'll celebrate this as good for the environment good for our ecosystem good for our animals it's good for humanity as the UN pushes the agenda literally if, if, the, if the kids survive the womb they're unleashing the pedophiles on them but they want to make sure they try to kill them in the womb and the UN is known for doing this very supportive of abortion. I want to take you to the Apocrypha. You know, I want to, you know, Luther said in regard to the book of Maccabees, which is where we're going to go, in his second Leipzig disputation, he said, the book of Maccabees has weight with the faithful, but it unveils nothing amongst the obstinate. Luther and and biblical scholars, going back to the time of Yeshua, valued this. And I'm going to tell you why it's so valuable for us today. It is when you read Daniel and what it's talking about in regard to the beast and what it's talking about in regard to the Antichrist, the Maccabees records the fulfillment of that prophecy. And so this is invaluable information. We actually get to see the fulfillment of what Daniel was talking about. Incredible. And this is a template Of what we can expect at the end of the age. Because it will happen again. In First Maccabees 1.41 we read, Then the king wrote to his whole kingdom that all should be one people. What is the heart of the devil? That all the kingdom come together as one. But specifically in a particular context. That is to bend the knee and worship to him because he wants to exalt himself among the congregation, he wants to be worshipped. That's the whole concept of one world government. All are to be one people, and that all should give up their particular customs. And what it means here is, is you walk away from this. You yield to the whole ideology of, you think it's a good idea to kill these innocent children in the womb. You yield to the idea of sexual morality isn't that bad. Whatever version, whatever form. Verse 43. All the Gentiles accepted the command of the king. Many, even from Israel, gladly adopted his religion. Stop. You want to understand how it's going to go out then? This is, a, this is an incredible template that will play out in our days. And what we're told here is that they're Jews. These are explicitly Jews. These are Their fathers entered into covenant with the Lord... And they declared, whatever the Lord says, we will do. This is, this is these people. They had his word. They are called to follow him. And when things got real, and Antiochus Epiphanes, who is this supposed God manifested, this Antichrist figure rose up and started threatening the community. He was hurling threats, even upon death. What happened? Many, even from Israel, conceded. They bent the knee to fear. Very persuasive. And that was, right there was a tell that they didn't have his Torah in their heart. That their eyes truly weren't upon the God of Israel. And then it goes on and says, And they profaned the Sabbath. See, the spirit of Antichrist will demand you walk away from the commandments of God. And instead of resting on Shabbat, no, you'll be commanded to work. This is the heart of the devil. And so when people tell me, you know, come to try to tell me, Sabbath doesn't matter, you don't need to keep the Sabbath. I'm like, that's crazy. This is what the Antichrist said. That's absurd. It's an Antichrist speech. They were to make themselves abominable by everything unclean and profane. I want to stop. You know, the Seleucid army, who were working on behalf of Antiochus, this Antichrist figure, they were force feeding pork down the throats of the Jews. And if a Jew would not partake of the pork, they were literally put to death because they wouldn't eat pork. It's interesting. I can read this, and do you think that the enemy might want to try to do this all over again? You better believe it. But there were Jews that did not conceive. They died because they understood this is the temple of God. They understood it is more important to keep the commandments of God than to fear man. They had the fear of God. And then it says, so that they would forget the law and change All the ordinances. That's what the Antichrist is after. That's the whole concept. Forget this. Do you know what the Lord says? You go back to Deuteronomy 8. He says, see that you do not forget me by not keeping my commandments. You know what it means to forget the Lord? It means you walk away from the commandments. That's what it means. That's what the Antichrist is looking for. The Antichrist, the beast, the spirit of the devil wants you to remember him and his ways and abandon the ways of God. No other way to describe that. That's demonic. He added, and whoever does not obey the command of the king shall die. See, this is the devil's go-to. Obey him or die. Obey me or be in prison. Obey me or I'm going to persecute you. Obey me or I'm going to hurt you bad. Obey me or I'm going to come after your family. Verse 51, in such words he wrote to his whole kingdom. He appointed inspectors over all the people and commanded the towns of Judah to offer sacrifice to to pagan gods, town by town. Isn't it interesting? See, the spirit of Antichrist, the one that goes out and says, all need to be one people, we all need to get on the same page, made sure to ensure compliance. And so he sent out his goons. He sends out these inspectors. Now, what do you think all this nonsense about vaccine passports and about digital IDs and digital currency, digital trackers, what do you think this is all about? Ensuring compliance. Making sure that you will be compliant to the devil's bidding. It is coming. It is, it's happening as we speak. Anyone found possessing the book of the covenant, the Torah, or anyone who adhered to the law was condemned to death by decree of the king. See, when the spirit of Antichrist comes in in great power, the people that confess the name of Yeshua and keep his commandments, they're going to stick out. They're going to be found out. You know, it, it, it was interesting. How many of you can read? It wasn't that long ago, but when the whole COVID insanity hit, and them trying to tell, I mean, think about this. And I called it for what it was. It was the spirit of the devil trying to tell churches they can no longer sing. Sing praises the Lord. How many of you remember this? The insanity and the stupidity, the spiritual stupidity of that blew my mind that you're going to try to stop the praises of the most high God. I will not live in a generation where the rocks have to cry out. I'm not doing it. I will stand with believers that when they're told they can't sing praises, that's exactly what we're going to do. Amen? It's crazy. And, and, and you remember the whole concept of when you, know, you can't gather anymore. Everyone you know, has to be separate. And there were actually neighbors had a hotline that they could call to tattle on their neighbors that oh, they joined together. Because people were still doing Bible studies. Yeah. That is what you call I mean, when you're witnessing this, and this time, understand what's happening. It's literally going down. But there's going to be a time where they don't let back. Where it's not going to bounce back. It's going to hit the floor. And how are you going to respond? How are you going to deal with this The devil devil is going to leverage the fear of death, the fear of pain, the fear of suffering on each and every one of us. And unless we have Yeshua in view, the love of him in our hearts, you will not stand. You know, I'm reminded of a conversation that the Lord had with uh, with Satan in the book of Job. The Lord and I love this part because th- this is a rare experience. It's one of the rare moments of we see the Lord and His behavior. It's it's so cool. He taunts the devil, and yes, I take joy in that. Where he goes to the devil and says, "Oh, you know," because the devil had already attacked attacked him and expected him to denounce uh, the Lord, and the Lord comes back. And he says, "Ah." Oh, Have you considered my servant Job, righteous and faithful, a man who fears God and shuns evil? Have you considered him, even though you tried to incite me against him? Look at what happened. The devil responds to the Lord. Listen to this. So Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. Do you understand that Satan is betting against you? He is betting. He is convinced. He is assured that when he puts your life on the chopping block, you will bend the knee to him. You will bend the knee to fear. And you will worship him. He is convinced. Now think about Put this into context. We're dealing with one of the most righteous men that have ever lived on the earth. And Satan was convinced When it comes to his life, he will bend the knee to me. Satan is betting against you. Know that. And don't give him the joy of proving him right. You hold the line. Revelation 13, 15. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Your option is going to be simple. You worship the beast or die. Again, is this something you are prepared for? Is your heart in the right place? Is your faith immovable? Have you done what David did? Have you set the Lord at your right hand? so that you will never be moved. Even though David experienced all this radical fear, oppressive fear, David's faith and trust in the Lord held the line. It's the only thing that will fight this demonic power because it's so compelling and it's so convincing. It's suffocating at times. Taking you to the book of Daniel. Which is so relevant to the book of Revelation when you talk about the worship of the image of the beast. Nebuchadnezzar builds this great golden structure, this image, and he commands all peoples, languages, and nations, all of the earth, all of you, are going to bow down to this once the music starts. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were God-fearing Jews, friends of Daniel that were prepared. They were prepared for this moment in heart because they had spent time seeking the Lord with all their heart, all their soul, and all their strength. They loved him more than anything. They're ready for this moment. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Nebuchadnezzar goes on to say here, I'm, I'm going to do you a solid. I'm going to let the musicians play a little bit longer. And I'm going to give you a chance to, to, to get this right, because maybe you're confused about what, what was going on here. Once the music starts, you bow down. You worship these gods. You worship my gods. You, you, you bow before it and prostrate yourself before this image. We're good. But if you don't, I'm throwing you in the fiery furnace. He threatened them upon death. And listen to their response. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. He will deliver us from your hand, O king. We're not bowing down because our God is greater. Who is like the Lord? I mean, this in essence is what they're, they're crying out. Our God is able to do. No matter what you do, no matter what power you try to impose upon us, we don't care. Our God is greater. Their hearts are prepared. The faith is rock solid. But then what they say next is amazing. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You understand, they said, even if God doesn't deliver us, we know our God is able to save. If the Lord wants to do it. Whatever the Lord chooses, whatever the Lord pleases, he does. So if he chooses to save us, we're going to be saved. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. If we have to be hurled to our death, we will not waver in our faith. Because these three men were not looking and loving their lives to the death in this age. They they did. They they were willing to sacrifice their life, but they were not loving the world. They didn't have that in their heart. That is an amazing thing to me. Revelation 2.10, on the heels of that. Do not fear of any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. This is Yeshua. The way he starts out this discussion is, do not fear. We're not supposed to fear. That means you get prepared. You listen to these words and saying, "Okay, he's telling us of something that's coming. We know persecution's coming. This is going to be hard." And Yeshua says, "Don't give in. Don't bend the knee to fear. Hold the line. Make me your light and your salvation," as David would cry out. But then he says, "This, you're going to be thrown into prison that you may be tested." And you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death. I will give you the crown of life. These are the words of Yeshua. The call for this generation is to be faithful unto death so that we can receive the crown of life. And when tribulation comes knocking at your door and persecution and fear, know this. You are being tested. You know, going back to Deuteronomy 8, do you know what it says? It says, the Lord brought Israel out into the wilderness, which was terrifying. You know why? Because there was no supplies. There's no food. There's no water. And it literally says he brought them into the wilderness and allowed them to hunger and thirst. He allowed them to hunger and thirst. Why? He wanted to know what was in their heart. He tested them. Because only through testing do we get to find out who you really are, what you really believe, how much you really love him. It's only through the testing where love is truly identified. And so we've got to pass this test on what is coming. This message is not about sowing fear. It's about sowing preparation. It's about sowing the fear of the Lord. Because this world is passing away and the lust of it. Amen? There's nothing here for us. And the more we get that, the better off we are going to be. Now, I want to have Emily come back up. We're going to do things a little, just a little differently today. Um, I'm going to have Emily sing a song. And as she sings, I'm going to invite you literally to the front to come and make it right with the Lord and to pour your heart out to the Lord. Maybe you're one of those people that have left your first love. Maybe you've become complacent in the faith. Maybe you actually know that, you know what, I'm not ready. I am not ready to make that stand. I know there's things that I've got to work out. You come forward. As, as the song plays, I'm going to have everyone rise, and the rest of you are going to worship those who are, really need to seek the Lord, those who are convicted, those who are not ready, those who need prayer. I want you guys to come forward. And with that, I'm going to close in prayer.